Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Monday afternoon. Welcome to a new week of the Eagle Hour. Shortened week with Thanksgiving Thursday and Friday. We'll be running best of shows uh, during the holiday weekend. But we're going to be here Monday through Wednesday to talk Southern Miss sports with you. And we're glad you're tuning in this afternoon wherever you are. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. And we're proud to say friends of ours. They cook delicious food seven days a week. They could even cook you up a Thanksgiving turkey. But you need to be calling that pretty soon. They're open seven days a week right next to the mall here in Hattiesburg. You can enjoy their delicious food every day. Dine-in, drive-through, take-home delivery. However you choose, just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg. Robert Stock, a former Southern Miss golfer, will be joining the show a little later. Todd Petrie from the NCAA joining us later in the program as well to talk about graduation rates, graduation rates among uh, NCAA athletes. And, of course, Kelly Sander will be joining us. And Kelly... Uh, I have to tell you, Luke, Kelly did bring the spoils of victory by the station uh, just a little while ago. Kelly oh, and I, wow. as you may know, had a little bet on the um, formerly uh, Redskin team versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And the um, I'm just going to call them what they are. The Redskins prevailed. And uh, Kelly, being a man of honor, he, he showed up with the wine uh, first thing this morning. So uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to him a little later in the program. Well, the group thread yesterday, the group text, I was just kind of out of it, you know, watching the Saints. But, yeah, I, I thought he was going to chicken out and take my suggestion to get you a three-liter, you know, a tab right. from the uh, 1980s. But, uh, right. yeah, I'm glad to know that he, he did honor his word. So, uh, good job, Kelly Sander. There we go. All right, well, the Golden Eagles had another disappointing Saturday. They lose 23-20 to to Texas-San Antonio. No moral victories, but uh, they did play with a lot of heart and, uh, and a lot of effort. So many things stacked against this football team, uh, Luke. Uh, two two things I take away from the game Saturday. Had to be impressed with the effort the kids uh, put out there. Uh, and you have to, at this point, I, I think you have to feel sorry for them. It just seems like so many people have quit on them and so many people have walked away. And, and yet you still have this group of kids out there battling and fighting and really had a chance to win the football game. They did, and they. if one thing, they have not quit on themselves. And you come out, uh, you drive down unfortunate, you get a field goal uh, the first dr- the first drive uh, of the game, and then you get down in there, and I understand what's going on. They, they faked the field goal, got a little more uh, info from that, from the press conference today. Grayson Gunner, the tight end, was supposed to roll out into the end zone, he got caught up in the wash, and so that's why it looked just like it was Brig Bourgeois against the world. And I, I didn't like the call because it was fourth and goal, um, but I, I like the call by being aggressive, so you don't get any points there. And then the oddest play, I guess, of the game, um, to the point, Bob, was the safety right. 
That was called on UTSA. Um, he gave UTSA two points. Tate Watley got to do a better job protecting the football, but he fumbles the ball, and UTSA doesn't re- retain possession, but they're the ones that cause the ball to go in the end zone. They're the ones that cause the ball to go out of the back of the end zone. I thought it should have been a touchback for Southern Miss, but they get two points, and then they go ahead. And How about Tate Watley, though, leading the team down the field right before half, hitting Tim Jones. Tim Jones makes an outstanding play, and 10-9 going in the half, and really when you look at the scope of the game, you give up one big run at the start of the second half, and that's the difference in the football game. Southern Miss battled until the end. What can you say uh, uh, more about Frank Gord Jr. outstanding uh, reception and run, put his foot in the ground and bounced outside, juked some people and got into the end zone. The Eagles did not quit, and this is a team that just put up 50-plus uh, on, on UTEP, and so at the first part of the year, we, we've been critical of the defense throughout the year. Defense played well and contained UTSA except for one really, uh, you know, bad offensive play. But I tell you what, man, they, uh, they, they have not quit on themselves and continue to play hard. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I, I thought they had a chance going down, uh, toward the end, uh, and uh, until the unfortunate play comes up with, uh, you know, with the uh, tip ball and then Watley catches the, the tip pass and then goes out injured. Uh, so up until that moment, I thought the Golden Eagles had a chance to win the football game. Uh, have we heard an update on Tate Watley? From the press conference today, it was he's kind of day by day. Um, thankfully, what that means is is that it's not a broken collarbone. The two worst-case scenarios you heard was a broken collarbone or a torn labrum. I think it's they're describing it as a sprained shoulder, which might be something, you know, in the AC joint or something. But nothing's broken and nothing's torn, it looks like. He probably won't be available for UAB this week. So they're going to, looks like they're going to roll with, with, uh, Trey Lowe with Jack Walker backing him up. I'm going to try to connect it. We've had some phone problems uh, with Jack. Hang on a second. I think we're going to have, uh, Jack Douglas. All right. Hang on one sec. We've got him. Uh, Jack Duncan joins us. And, uh, Jack, I apologize, uh, for the phone issues. Glad we could catch you here for the, the end of the break, end of the segment. <clears throat> Uh, sure. appreciate your time. Any update on the injury to Tate Watley, number one? And number two, and this is what we wanted to ask you today, where is this football team stacking up statistically among other teams in Conference USA, Jack? Well, uh, I can tell you this, that, uh, that uh, you know, Watley, according to um, – I'm going to take my mask off. I was sitting at my desk. Um, I was sit, or We had our press conference this morning, and – Coach Billings said that uh, that Watley was uh, de- still day to day, had a shoulder injury, um, uh, but it, it did not look good for Saturday for for him. So, uh, but uh, that that was that was the first part of your question. Second part of the question, um, statistically, uh, you know, we're kind of middle of the pack. Um, you know, just middle of the pack. Towards the towards the bottom on on you know a lot of the different things uh, offensively uh, you know certainly we've 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 done better over the last three weeks I mean we have uh, limited our opponents uh, to you know twenty three or or fewer points in each of our last three games uh, you know after giving up at least thirty or more points you know the first six games so we've. So we've played uh, we've played much better uh, in that regard. Uh, you know, if you look, you know, our scoring offense we're eighth in the league 
at 23.1 points per game. Uh, scoring defense, we're 11th at 32.4, but that's come down. I mean, we've trimmed that for about 10 or 11 points a game. Right. So that's good for us. Um, uh, scoring or rushing offense, uh, we're eighth at 142.8 per game and ninth in rushing defense at 181.3 a game. So, you know, we're, we're, we're middle of the pack, uh, for just about everything. I see a seventh and eighth, uh, eighth in total defense, um, total offense were eighth. So that's, well, that's kind of where we are in a lot of different things. Statistically, this team that's coming in UAB up next, uh, what are their strengths, Jack, statistically? Statistically, uh, I would say that they're, they're a very good running football team. They are just over 200 yards a game at 206.7, which is second in the league. You know, But they've only played seven games. They haven't played, Bob, in about a month, to be right. quite honest with you. So right. uh, – so they're so they're pretty they're they're pretty salty on the ground, uh, you know. I know they've they've run a they've run a few different quarterbacks in there. I don't know if it's been injury or whatever. I mean, they throw at one hundred ninety one point nine yards per game, um, and that's that's ten, good for tenth in the league. So um, so and then total offense there, they are fourth at just under four hundred yards a game. Okay, Jack. Uh, when we go to the weird meter. 10 being the weirdest year you've ever experienced, one being a normal year. Where are we on the weird meter for 2020, Jack? Do I really do I really <laughs> have to answer that? <laughs> is it off the scale, Jack? I mean, has it just blown the meter completely up? <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, you know, it may not have blown it up, but it's 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 close. You can, it's smoking. You can see that you can see it bubbling. Uh, no, it's it's been an interesting year, you know. Um, uh, it just it just has. I mean, it it, it yeah, yeah, right. It's just you know, where do you where do you start? I mean, just right. just just and then it has nothing to do with or you know, it's just like you know, even your mindset is different. At least mine has been different this whole year, you know. It, it's been it's been okay. Let's 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 see what we can do to get through, to push through, to to get twelve games in. You know, not like okay, where we're we going to. Usually, it's okay. Where do you think we're going to go to a bowl game this year? Right. And uh, you know, you just you just hope that you can get to the end. And you know, fortunately, we've been able to do that. Right. All right, Jack. Sorry about the phone mess up, uh, but we're yes, all, always glad to have you on the Eagle Hour and. Uh, We appreciate uh, your contribution. Every time you come on, my friend, stay safe. Thanks, man. All right, Appreciate it. Have a great one. All right, bye-bye. Jack Duggan, everybody, Sports Information Director for the Golden Eagles. So, uh, Golden Eagles, Luke, got to stop the running game this weekend if they hope to uh, pull the upset over UAB, it sounds like. Spencer Brown, he's one of those guys you feel like he's played at UAB for 10 years, still playing for the Blazers. Golden Eagles have to shut him down. All right, Robert Stack next on the Golden uh, Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Our thanks to Jack Duggan for joining us uh, Mondays, as he often does, and we appreciate Jack's input. And the the master of statistics is certainly uh, Jack Duggan, and we thank him 
Uh, Todd Petrie later in the show from the NCAA. Also, uh, Kelly Sander will be joining us to eat humble pie here in about uh, 20 minutes. But uh, for the moment, we want to take a break from football and COVID-19 and talk about one of Luke's favorite subjects, and that is golf. Robert Stock is our guest. He was a golfer for the Golden Eagles back in the the mid-90s and is now a works as a golf instructor and i believe a country club pro and mr stock we're glad to have you on our show thank you thank you for having me so uh life uh how has covid affected the world of golf we know we certainly know from week to week it's playing havoc on football and already on basketball but uh, your sport how how have y'all been affected by this uh, pandemic sir Uh, well if there's such a thing as a winner in a pandemic golf is it it has never been more popular. Uh, we've got people taking up the game in, I can't say record numbers, but uh, I teach golf. That's all I do. I don't, I don't run a pro shop. I teach golf, and my lesson book is up by about 30% this year because people want to be outdoors, and golf is the perfect sport to be socially distant, to be outdoors, to be safe. So golf is, uh, we may never see this kind of resurgence. We haven't seen this since uh, Tiger Woods burst on the scene in the, is that right? in the, in the mid-'90s. So golf is, uh, golf is booming right now. I don't know if it'll hold or not. Once there's a vaccine, but for right now, golf has gone crazy. How, how busy it is. Well, that's interesting. But when you stop and think about it, it is the perfect sport to play uh, during these weird times because a you're outdoors, two you're not crowded around a bunch of people, not a lot of physical contact. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. How when did you when did the boom start? Was it right after the pandemic began, or has it been later in the year? I would say that uh, when the pandemic began in Texas, we had a sixty day. Uh, stay at home it's in Dallas, a 60-day stay-at-home order. And during that time, people want to get it started to build in. And once they started canceling fall sports, that's when it really picked up. But it's, it's been busy the whole time. Most most country clubs and golf courses have never been this busy, and it started basically the day that the stay-at-home order was issued. Hmm. That's music to your ears, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, I, I, I love golf. I'm not very good at it, and I probably need Robert's instruction to help me with it. But, yeah, it, if you just want to get out and uh, stay almost to yourself, it's great. Robert, um, Southern Miss Golf, uh, early to, to mid-'90s, and, of course, Sam Hall was, uh, I believe, your coach at Southern Miss. How much influence um, have was was he – where you are now in in your career and what type of uh, man was you know was he just tell our listeners about it i think sometimes our listeners forget how influential sam hall was not only to southern miss golf but but uh, to uh, the national game of golf in the u.s well mr hall sam he certainly was a, a golf institution uh in, in mississippi he made a, a two on every hole at Hattiesburg country club except for the 17th uh, he's, one, he's one of the best ball strikers. When he was 70, he, he hit the ball better than I did. Um, so he certainly uh, let, left his mark on uh, on many a golfer. Did you say he, he shot was, a two uh, on every hole at the? Yes, he yeah he made a two on every hole at Hasbro Country except for the 17th. So he eagled or double eagled every hole out there except for they missed it later on after I left. But as far as I know, every hole except for number 17. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Luke, but that caught my ear right there. No, Go ahead. It, yeah. It's amazing. I, I eagled once, but it was in a four-man scramble at Hattiesburg Country Club. So, yeah, he's uh, far, far. Yeah, Sam won, uh, I believe, it was like over 300 amateur golf championships. I mean, it's just an unfathomable number. You, when when you were at Southern Miss, um, we, we – 
you know, coming on the scene, Sam really poured back in. But he was a guy that believed that this program could, you know, be a top 30 program every single year because of the golfing community of Hattiesburg. Uh, you look back on your career at Southern Miss, what were some of those highlights? Uh, well, certainly, uh, we, you know, my first start as a golfer, is going to call it that, we, we won a tournament at Southeastern Louisiana. That was certainly a, a huge timing. And certainly the community as a whole, uh, Felt very, uh, very, very warm in the golf. It, you, know, you certainly um, had your support from the local courses. So I looked back on it for me personally. It was a chance to play and develop because I came from a top ten program as a I was at the University of Florida before I transferred, and I transferred there and basically I went from being a backup to a starter. So I just loved what I missed because I got a chance to play golf and see how good I could be. Turned out it wasn't that great, but I had a wonderful time in Hattiesburg trying to see how good I could get. I know it's been a little bit since you've been in Hattiesburg, but you know, in a, you mentioned you're in a you know metropolis now of of Dallas. Hattiesburg, pretty good golfing community now, though. When you look at you know where the Hattiesburg Country Club hosted the PGA event for for so long, and the uprise of Cambrake and Timberton, I mean, you know, per capita, Hattiesburg, an excellent golfing community. I would 100 percent agree. I was obviously Cambrake came after I was there, but certainly uh, we had Timberton. We would go up to Laurel and play Laurel Country Club. They were they were very nice. So yes, yeah, certainly uh, a great golfing community. Uh, you know, a little known fact for you guys, you may not know this, but two of the top hundred coaches um, in the U.S. are Southern Miss alumni. I'm I'm not one of them, but there are two other coaches, B.J. Trollio, who was who I played with, and Mark Blackburn, who was behind uh, me, are both top hundred coaches. So wow. Southern Miss produced some great coaches, not necessarily great golfers, but great coaches. Uh, Luke and I have joked with a lot of uh, – we joke with a golf coach. We, we joke with a lot of uh, golf athletes here. You guys were – you're the smartest people in college. I mean, you know, when football players are banging each other's brains out and basketball players are running sprints up and down the floor and baseball players are out in 90-degree weather, you guys are going to the nicest places in the country and playing golf. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how enjoyable was a golf career in college? Oh, I, it was great. I mean, I, I think back to my Southern Miss years, and they were the, the most most fun I had uh, because certainly we were playing a sport, but certainly you weren't getting your brains being it, as you said, but it was just fantastic. I can't say enough about my Southern Miss experience there and, and the places I got to play and the people I got to compete against. It was, uh, it was a thrill of a lifetime. Now, Robert, where are you originally from, and how did you, uh, how did you end up uh, a Golden Eagle? Uh, I'm from Orlando. I was a walk-on at the University of Florida in Gainesville, and I was the 13th man out of 13. And I was going to get I was going to get cut, and so I, I looked around, and uh, Southern Miss had the, the major that I wanted, uh, the master that I wanted, and a, a competitive golf program. So I I basically recruited myself, uh, and Sam was kind enough to uh, to take a chance on me. Right, and then the rest is history, as they say. Right? Uh, yes, sir. Sure is. All right, so you're in the Dallas area now, is that correct? Yes, sir, sure am. All right, so I have to ask you this question. How depressed are people out there about the Dallas Cowboys? You know, I don't think they're I don't, I don't sense any depression um, because the <laughs> Cowboys, well, the Cowboys have a history of letting them down over the last 35 years, so I don't think anybody is <laughs> Thank surprised you. that they let them down again. It, it's more like, oh, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> 
So they actually won yesterday, which was which was quite surprising. But um, Robert, a couple minutes left. I want to ask you this question because it came up with the Masters last week. You know, with uh, with Bryson DeChambeau uh, winning the U.S. Open earlier this year and really just overpowering a golf course. Yet we had a, we had a place. Uh, in professional golf that they're going to have to pull back some on the technology or I guess right now it's technology versus length. We've, you know, it seems like Augusta gets a hundred year, a hundred yards longer, 500 yards longer every 10 years or so. Where are we at in the game regarding technology? Well, I mean, the technology's never been better and the athletes have never been better because we're getting better athletes to play golf than any other point. So, the ball's just going to go farther. And I teach mostly kids, and we're all about his, hit as hard as you can. And so we're at a point where either, I mean, I'm in favor of rolling back the golf ball, but if not, they're just going to make golf courses not obsolete. It's just it's a different game. It's a, a driver and a wedge game, so they're going to shoot lower scores. It's not good or bad. It's just the evolution. It's just like in football, right? We ran the ball for 50 years. Now you pass it when you, you know, there's more good outcomes passing. So it's just a change. Yeah, and you can embrace it or you can fight it, but either way, people aren't going to get shorter because we see the most athletic kids playing golf now, not necessarily playing if they're playing golf as well as the other sports. Interesting. So uh, John Daly can uh, now look into uh, designing those you know nine thousand yard uh, golf courses that he had in his backyard in Arkansas. Now I guess that's yeah. where that's where the game's headed. But anyway, it is sure fun just to watch uh, you know some of these courses where the the longer hitters. I mean, you get approach shots, and even if it's wedge shots that that maybe the course hasn't taken before. I tell you what, it was pretty amazing to watch Augusta in November last week. It certainly was. So, Robert, we appreciate your time very much. Uh, thank you for the contribution you made to the golf program here at Southern Miss for taking the time to uh, talk to us this afternoon. And as a lifelong Redskin fan, thank you for reminding me that we share in the misery together. It's just not something that uh, <laughs> that we share alone. So a uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, sir, and uh, cool. thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. Have a great day. All right. Robert Sock, everybody, former Southern Miss golfer, now a golf instructor. Uh, in the Dallas, Texas area. That's pretty good life, isn't it, uh, Luke? Teaching golf lessons for a living? Pretty good life. You go out there and uh, you're at a really nice course and you have people coming to you that want to learn how to hit the little ball with a big stick. I mean, those of us that can't do it but dream that we can, I'm glad to know that there are little kids out there who will play better than me by age 12. It's always encouraging. All right, coming up next on the Eagle Hour, I've been waiting for this segment all day. Kelly Santer joins us. I just can't wait. I think you'll enjoy it, too. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour continues after this. Continues on the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us. Third segment brought to you by Fourth Street Bar and Grill, located just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. Monday Night Football on tonight, every day for lunch at 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill, you can get a great lunch with a drink for only eight ninety five, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg in beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander joins us now, and uh, Kelly, I'm just going to let Bob do whatever Bob wants to do, and then you can move us on. So, Bob Getty, take uh, the honors. Kelly, sitting here in front of me in the studio is a beautiful, festive-looking bottle of Behringer Main and Vine White Zinfandel wine. Very festive. It reminds me a great deal of the holidays. And uh, you brought that bottle by here and gave it to me earlier today. Would you like to share with our listening audience why you extended such a kind gesture this day? Not only is Southern Miss basketball off for this weekend with uh, in the Milwaukee, we'll so, get so, to it in a minute, Bob. Let me, uh, let go, me go, go do your thing, Kelly, and then I want to see you dive into gonna, that humble pie. going to make me suffer. Southern Miss basketball's uh, tournament trip to Milwaukee this weekend has been canceled because of a COVID outbreak with the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Those were supposed to be the first two games of the year for the basketball Eagles, now canceled. Ole Miss basketball has announced today that they are canceling their first four games of the season. One of them was against, you know, Memphis. So that's that's usually a big college basketball game and a big moneymaker for both schools. But also because of a COVID outbreak, no basketball between Ole Miss and Memphis. And uh, let's see, Auburn has imposed itself a a no postseason ban. The, I think part of the reason of the decision was made because of COVID, not having to want to deal with it anymore. So Auburn will not play in any postseason, uh, self-imposed. Meanwhile, according to CBS Sportsline this morning, you guys, two more Conference USA teams have been added to a list of bowl teams. Of course, the teams that had been listed pretty much all year long as going to postseason were UTSA, Florida Atlantic, Louisiana Tech, and Marshall and UAB. But now you add Charlotte and Western Kentucky. Both of those two teams surprising to me that um, that they would be included in postseason play. But according to CBS Sportsline, that is uh, what's going on there. Uh, the, and I meant to clarify, in Auburn, that's, that's a basketball self-imposed penalty, not football. So basketball, Auburn, will not be playing postseason. But last week, the NCAA imposed that rule that they have to play at least 12 games just to be eligible to play in postseason, and now because of COVID, you know it's interesting as to whether there's even teams are even going to get 12, 12 games played. And of course, we just mentioned Southern Miss's first two games done for the year in football. The latest Massey ratings are out: Southern Miss one twenty one out of one twenty seven, Florida International one twenty two, UTEP one twenty three, and again ULM brings up dead last in the Massey ratings at one twenty seven. But there is good news in the ratings category. The latest ratings in college golf. Look, it's golf, but it's good news. UAB ranked fifth in the country. UAB obviously out of Conference USA. Middle Tennessee ranked 28th. Louisiana Tech 41st. And then come the Eagles at 44th. The highest uh, ranking of, of any team so far this year. So congrats to the Southern Miss men's golf team. Now to what Bob was talking about earlier, we had a friendly bet that a holiday bottle of wine would be on on, uh, would be at risk here for the Washington Redskins-Cincinnati Bengals game yesterday. Bob's a Washington fan. I'm a Cincinnati fan. Of course, Washington won the game. Not only did they win the game, but they have ruined any chance that Cincinnati has of even winning another game this year. Official word now from the Cincinnati Bengals camp 
their star young rookie quarterback. Joe Burrow has a torn ACL. He has a torn MCL. There is other significant structural damage to his knee, essentially amounting to complete knee reconstructive surgery for Joe Burrow. He's out at least a year. Well, that's terrible. That's terrible. Now, look, you were part of the group Texas that were going back and forth yesterday during the game. I was very humble throughout, don't you think? I thought Luke. Uh, was no, you weren't. I wasn't. Is that? Did I hear you say I was not? No, humble. I had two. I had two or three texts. Y'all were going back and forth, and I said, "Well, you know, there's a better game on the Saints and the Falcons." Bob did get pretty cocky there, and I like what you did, Kelly. Bob, will you please tell people what Kelly uh, got for you again? Uh, he bought me a bottle of white Zinfandel Behringer wine. Very festive. Yeah, it's online for three dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> I just did a quick Google. So thank you. Well played, thank Sander. You. Well played. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wasn't there like a twenty five dollar minimum or something to that nature, Kelly? As I recall. Uh, any further comment will have to come from the president. <laughs> uh, and thanks a lot, Luke. Like it's any of your business. <laughs> well, Kelly, you I sound just, like you. I thought rebounded. it was great. I thought it was the ultimate way because Bob didn't put any type of financial you know limited yeah. minimum maximum on it and so you went for the absolute cheapest thing you could buy i mean that's just well played didn't hurt you at all no, uh having no. to watch it hurt you worse than what your wallet was yeah it's yeah. just you know and there was no penalty on the play i mean you know there's artist he was hit low there's no there's no question about it um and you know if it was ben roethlisberger or tom brady they'd have thrown six flags but because it's the and of course in Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, post game press conference, fans were just you know fire him now, uh, they're, they're in over their head. It, it's it's really now officially the worst run franchise in all of pro sports. And I hate I hate that I'm a fan, but I'm just but I'm a true fan, and I I can't just cut teams loose like that. Um, Boomer Esiason's coming out of retirement uh, to carry the team the rest of the way. I heard. Well, I mean. Laugh it up, Bob. You're just having a good time with this, aren't you? Not saying a word, Kelly. Yeah, the, the fact that the Washington football team, you know, they don't even have a name. A team they, with they no name. Thrash the Bengals. And and that quarterback, the backup quarterback, Finley, for Cincinnati, came in and got sacked about eight. I don't know who said that guy's an NFL quarterback. Now where did he come from, Kelly? Well, they drafted him out of North Carolina State. But, I mean, no pocket presence. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just – a dumpster They fire. really teed it's off on him, didn't they, Kelly? They they sure did. Um, let me if, you know, let me encourage you though, Kelly. Let me encourage you. We all can be thankful though that DeMichael Harris and the Indianapolis Colts beat the Packers. Yeah, that was a great yeah. game. That was the a world, great game. The world feels night. better. Yeah, that was a really yeah. And good Michael game. Thomas, you know, is is, is a Bengal, uh, but he's been on he's been on the injured list, so he hasn't been able to you know contribute. It's just such a brutal game. You know, I mean, these guys work so hard all year long to get in shape. And then two, three games into the season, whatever, they get hurt and they're done for the year. I mean, that's a lot of work to put in. Well, in all honesty, Kelly, it did it did take me back and reminded me to a degree of uh, of the excitement all of us Redskin fans had when Robert Griffin came along and, you know, get the Burroughs kid kind of like Robert Griffin, you know, early on in his, his rookie year just looked sensational. And same thing happens to Robert Griffin. Total blown up knee, and uh, I hope that Joe Burrows recovers better than Robert Griffin did. But Burrows is more of a pocket passer, so I, I would think that uh, I think he would have a really good chance of recovering. I, 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 and I mean this sincerely when I say it, you guys. I know we're probably coming up on a break, but I really think that the way organizations are run, 
that more and more of these athletes who want to protect themselves physically are going to honestly start saying, I'm not playing for that team. I'm not going to do it. You know, what, what, which one of the Mannings did that? Was it Eli or Peyton? Eli. It was Eli. Yeah, Eli said, I'm not going to play for whoever it was that was going to The charge in Diego. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think more and more players are going to start doing that because I'm telling you, if I, was a, if I was a football player and the Bengals say, we're going to take you, I'd say, no, you're not because I'm not playing for you. I'll sit out a year. I'll do whatever I need. But look at I mean, Herbert in San Diego. He hasn't been you know, hurt. Uh, Tua in Miami, he got pulled yesterday, but not because he was hurt. Um, but, but you're subjecting these really good athletes to, to major physical you know, harm when they have to play on crappy football teams that can't protect them. And I just think that Let me, that's their bread and butter, you know. And if they can't play, they can't make they can't make money. And I just think you're going to see more and more athletes say, "No, nope, not going to do it." Let me tell you, somebody that did say they were going to play. This came out uh, after the game on Saturday. Frank Gore Jr. tweets out, "I won't be leaving." Hashtag SMTTT. And they did some stats yesterday, guys, from when he caught the uh, the reception in the fourth quarter and went for the to the house. Almost 18 miles an hour, Frank Gore Jr. was running, and uh, he retweeted that statistic on Twitter. And he said, "Hey guys, I didn't even switch gears since that was a <laughs> so sensational Jr. run, too." <laughs> Frank Gore Jr. letting the world know that he's he is staying in Hattiesburg, and, okay. and I, I think that will impact the team going into the offseason more than than people realize. Yeah, I think he's going to, you know, regardless of how the, the new head coach, you know, comes out, I think Frank Gore Jr. will be and should be the face of the franchise, so to speak, the next three years. No question. All right, Kelly, had fun yesterday. I'm sorry your quarterback got hurt, but uh, it, it was fun, you and I going back and forth. And uh, better days, hopefully, for both of our football teams in the future, right? Well, you could at least try to make it sound sincere, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> $3.99. Well played, Kelly. Well, I got overcharged, if that's what it cost. I assure you, I didn't pay three ninety nine. Kelly Santer, everyone, still alive after the Redskin Bengal showdown. He'll be back on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. All right. Good interview coming up with uh, Luke and a member of the NCAA next. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on Highway 98. Also online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can search their entire inventory, pre-owned, new, and certified vehicles. And when you think about your next vehicle purchase, let Toyota Hattiesburg help you. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg in beautiful downtown Laurel. Appreciate Kelly Sander joining us today and glad that uh, he was a good sport with that yesterday. So, uh, Bob, getting an early Thanksgiving uh, today. Happy to be joined on the phone with us now, Todd Petter from the NCAA and 
So I appreciate your time today. Big uh, big news came out last week as a former college football player. I, I played for a coach at Southern Miss, Jeff Bauer, who always emphasized academics. And, you know, if you didn't go to class, uh, you would get in big trouble. Sometimes you wouldn't play. Article or, or study out uh, from the NCAA, the data released this past week, shows 90% of D1 athletes who enrolled in 2013 earned a degree within six years. That's an actual increase over uh, a previous high. Thank you for uh, coming on the Eagle Hour today. I know the NCAA excited uh, about that uh, release of, of data. Yeah, well, I actually appreciate you having me on today. And, yeah, we, we are, uh, uh, of course, grad rates and making sure that the student-athlete experience uh, in college is, is uh, first and foremost about the educational aspects, which, of course, doesn't stop in the classroom. The, the grad rates is a great measure of what they're doing there, but we also know that student-athletes learn a ton just by participating in terms of leadership and time management and uh, all kinds of issues that come along with, uh, with just sorry, the participation in uh, athletics. One statistic here, because I think basketball gets a bad rap a, a lot. One was men's basketball actually led the way with a, a percentage jump to eighty-seven percent. And I mean, Todd, isn't it true though? When you know, when people think of the NCAA, uh, they forget about the three divisions. And you know, we're a show with a group of five uh, member of the NCAA, and uh, you know, sometimes we even get overlooked. But when you look at the landscape of all college um, athletics, man, there's a whole lot of Softball players, volleyball players, swimming, diving. I mean, you could come up with with all the you know the sports, but I know it's encouraging for the for the NCAA, and, and I guess people forget about some of those peripheral sports that are so uh, important to college athletics. Yeah, yeah, you, you're exactly right, and and of course they make up probably more than ninety five percent of all student athletes, and and uh, our job at the NCAA national office is to consider all their lives, um, but. Uh, yeah, basketball has been a great success story, and I have to say that basketball was one of the primary impetus for to start publicly reporting grad rates because, you know, frankly, 20 years ago, the story wasn't so good. Um, and in the, the men's basketball grad rate has jumped almost 40% since we started collecting it. And, and it's been a focused effort well beyond just publishing grad rates, but also inputting things like the academic progress rate, uh, changing the way we do uh, eligibility year by year within school, all those sorts of things have had uh, an impact, a positive impact, we think, on on the student-athlete outcomes. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Specifically, you know, is it is it the, the NCAA working with each institution? And I guess each institution needs a, a big amount of credit, too, for the athletic directors and individual coaches that really pump academics. They do, and and I can tell you that I, I don't know if your listeners are, are familiar with the academic progress rate. That's the rate by which we actually hold uh, individual programs accountable for academic success, and I think if you ask any coach, even those who really opposed it when we first started doing it, they would say it was a game changer in terms of if, if you weren't going to done um, academically, you weren't going to play in the tournaments, you weren't going to have an opportunity for postseason, and uh, we can see the data very, very clearly. Last question, um, Todd. Um, 
you know, is it realistic to think that it can continue to increase? I mean, ninety percent is pretty good. I mean, what's the goal? Uh, what's the, what's the benchmark? That's a, that's a great question. Frankly, when we started doing this, um, Miles Brand, uh, the, the overall I think was seventy four percent at the time, and Miles Brand uh, it, it issued a challenge to the NCAA to get to eighty percent as an aspirational goal. And now we're at ninety percent. I don't think anybody thought we'd ever be there. So of course, of course, there's a limit. I mean, I don't think we're going to see the kind of increases we've seen in the past couple of decades. But now you just want to, you know, don't backslide and make sure that you're keeping things going. And um, just that change in graduation rate. If I can provide one last stat over over the last eighteen years, if the grad rate had stayed the same back at that seventy four percent. Um, 33,000 fewer student athletes would have left college with a degree. And a college degree, you know, all, all stats seem to indicate is worth about a million bucks over your lifetime. So do that math. That's, that means a lot to those students. Sure does, man. Well, Todd, we appreciate your time coming on the Eagle Hour today, and, and thanks for all that you do for our student athletes. Appreciate you guys having me. That's uh, Todd uh, Better from the NCAA. Good news. Uh, about uh, graduation rates coming even higher. Bob, real quick, Randy Holland listens to us every day here in Laurel. Uh, he's kind of one of the guys behind the uh, Sertoma Club Christmas Parade. Ole Miss guy, but he listens to the Eagle Hour every day. That's good. for the world. Good. We appreciate him uh, tuning in each every day. And we welcome everybody on the Eagle Hour. And we hope he tunes in tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That's when we'll be back. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.